Leave it to the rabbit to explain everything. Searching for some lunch on a kitchen expedition. What you crave's in the microwave, but how about nutrition? This tiny ship is the Mayflower. Carrying pilgrims in search of their dream. I'd like to borrow some aluminum foil, a clothespin, and a candle. Another hot day, huh? <laughs> the challenge always lies ahead. And as long as man dreams and works and builds together, these years, too, can be the best time of your life. Well, what do you think? We have time to go to the bathroom before the next show? We can't, you old fool. We're bullshit to the seats. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 134 for the week of August 30th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. With what is looking to be an historic event, for the Disney Company, and more importantly, for Disney enthusiasts worldwide, the D23 Expo is going to have something for everyone, including a few surprises, I'm sure. And joining me this week to discuss the event, and possibly even hint at what some of those surprises might be, is Stephen Clark, the head of Disney's D23 community for Disney fans. I'll answer more of your listener emails this week, including questions about celebrating in Walt Disney World discounts, kids' clubs, the Disney dining plan, as well as the Food and Wine Festival, and so much more. I'll announce the winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest before playing more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I've spoken recently on the show about the concept of bringing Disney magic outside the parks. As for years, this has been done numerous times through a number of individuals and online communities. But in the coming weeks, something is going to happen on a scale never before seen, as Disney's D23 Expo is going to take place. From September 10th through the 13th at the Anaheim Convention Center, Disney itself will be bringing and making the magic as various outlets from the company, including parks and resorts, the Disney Cruise Line, movies, television, consumer products, and so much more will be on hand to give not just D23 members, but Disney fans from around the world an experience unlike any other. And what is likely going to prove to be an historic event, not just for the Disney company, but more importantly for Disney fans... It is shaping up to be an incredibly exciting event that is not to be missed. So joining me today to talk about the Expo is probably the one person that knows it better than anybody else. So I am pleased to be joined by Stephen Clark, the head 
of Disney's D23 to talk about this very exciting event. Mr. Clark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lou. It's great to have you, and I have to say that when I first heard you talk about the event during that press conference call back in March, really, I was instantly excited about this. But I've got to say that after hearing so many more details that have been recently revealed, as well as the schedules and the guests over the past few months, and even over the past week and couple of days, I think this expo is really going to be something special. And I'm sure that after working on it for more than a year, you may be a little tired, but you've got to be incredibly excited about it as well. Well, I'll tell you, back in March when we when we announced D23, uh, and this uh, the D23 Expo was a part of that announcement, you know, we, we've been working on the project for a while, and we had a framework for what the expo would look like, and, uh, you know, we were excited about it, but there were still a lot of, you know, uh, uh, question marks, and we're still working with a lot of the business units to figure out uh, exactly what the content would be, and as the months have gone by, uh, We've really created an event here uh, that incorporates every part of the Walt Disney Company. And we're really celebrating the past, present, and future of all things Disney. And we're bringing it all under one roof for the very first time. And what also is great, I think, about this expo is that we've made it uh, truly accessible to uh, fans of all walks of life, whether you're the most hardcore, ardent Disney fan out there or just a casual fan who enjoys a day at Disneyland or, or likes to, to see a great uh, Disney film, or, uh, you know, families uh, with kids that, you know, just looking for something fun to do on the weekend. Uh, the Expo has really evolved between, uh, you know, pavilions and screenings and uh, seminars and, and celebrities and meet and greets and, and you, I mean, you name it, uh, uh, it's evolved into an event that I think is going to go down in the annals of Disney history as being something uh, quite special. I agree. And before we talk about some of the specifics of what guests and fans will be able to experience throughout the four days of the event, which does take place from September 10th through the 13th at the Anaheim Convention Center, I wanted to talk about the concept of the expo itself because you talked about it being for the fans. And I've recently talked on the show about the idea of bringing that magic of Disney to locations outside the parks. And it's been done a number of times through various individuals and communities. And I really look at the D23 Expo not as a trade show, not really as a, a showcase for Disney, but that place where like-minded Disney enthusiasts can come together and can share their passion and enjoy what they love on a whole new level. And with this time, Disney bringing itself to the various outlets and again, thereby bring that Disney magic to the Anaheim Convention Center. Well, I think taking a step back even and, and talking about the genesis of D23 to begin with, and we, you know, we talked about this a little bit, but it goes back to, you know, our CEO, Bob Iger, who, who you know, did receive, you know, a lot of uh, inquiries from fans and shareholders about, uh, you know, wondering why there hadn't been some kind of official fan club in the company's 85-year history, wondering if there was the opportunity out there somewhere for the company to provide some kind of official outlet so that there would be a greater connection between all the great creative content and, and the folks here at Disney that make it all happen and the fans. And, uh, you know, uh, Bob recognizes, uh, just as the you know, D23 team does, that our fans are our, our, they're our bread and butter. They're our most ardent uh, supporters, the ones who live and breathe and love Disney as much as we do, but also go out there into the world and share that passion with their friends and families and it's that passion and it's that sort of um, uh, uh, love for uh, what it is we do here that actually keeps the Disney legacy 
uh, alive generation after generation. They're the reason that Disney still exists today. And I think that what the expo really is all about is, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a celebration of our past, present, and future, but, you know, you wouldn't have a past, present, or a future if you weren't celebrating the fans. And that's what we're trying to do here is provide uh, those, those folks who enjoy, you know, uh, the nostalgia of the past, who enjoy that sneak peek at what's coming uh, at our parks around the world or, you know, from the Walt Disney Studios or from the animation department, uh, you know, they're the ones who enjoy getting that, you know, sneak peek probably more than anyone else out there. Uh, and, and that's what we in, intend to give them. Right. And, and to further your point, I, I believed from the beginning that what D23 would do would afford these people the opportunity to feel like they could belong to something, to connect with one another. And the expo is going to give them the chance to actually meet each other in, like you said, a very, very unique and I think, like, I agree, a historical environment. Yeah, we've done some smaller special events uh, for our members only uh, that uh, have really uh, given them a chance to meet and mingle. And that's actually been, of, of the feedback we've received, uh, one of the high points, uh, you know, of some of these events, which we didn't really, you know, we, we, we wanted that, but you never know what's exactly going to happen at events. And to have that sort of sense of community uh, take form naturally is a very special quality uh, for an organization to, 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 to hold. And I think that the Expo will take that, uh, you know, uh, that, you know, smaller special event uh, um, uh, community and, and and bring it into something much larger and much more fun. Uh, a lot more Disney fans all in one place. D23 members and non-members, because uh, it's open to the general public. Uh, but I think that um, you know, uh, one thing that we really have been trying to do with the expo is is not just make it you know something where you know the company is just you know, talking to the fans. We have, you know, elements here where we want the fans to feel some ownership of D23 and this expo. We've done the fan art gallery, which we've never done anything like that before uh, at this company. We're, we're doing the collector's forum, which is something that I think people are really going to enjoy, uh, getting a chance to see, you know, uh, other people's collections and buy, sell, and trade, you know, with, uh, you, know, um, you know, other people who, who collect Disneyana or sell Disneyana. Um, all that kind of stuff, and, and you know, this is just our first year. So as, as time goes on and, 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 and we evolve the program, you know, our, our goal is to have more and more uh, opportunity for interaction and, and fan presence at, at this event. Well, and, and to illustrate the point that the fans are of paramount importance, I agree. I think that the collector's forum is a very, very important part of the expo for so many reasons because not only are you welcoming in third-party enthusiasts and, and sites and collectors and pin traders. I think that's something that was unexpected and very welcome, really a testament to the fact that the event was not meant, and D23 as a whole, not meant to replace anything that's out there, but to really complement it. And to, to further that you know, interest in engaging the fans in not just an active way, but an important way is, as you look at the schedule, and, and we can talk about some of the things that are on there, with some of the special presentations, with some of the reveals that we're expecting to take place from Disney Cruise Line, possibly Jay Rizzullo, who knows? I think it's so important to note that Disney, for the first time, is releasing this information not just to the media, 
but directly to the guests and fans? Well, I, you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff on this schedule, and uh, it's all very exciting. But for me, I have to say that the things that I know that some of these executives are going to be talking about uh, in their presentations uh, is, uh, <laughs> is going to knock people's socks off. I think there's a lot of fun surprises. As much as we've been able to say is going to happen, and as great as it all is, it's astounding. But there's more. And uh, I, I think that, you know, these, these, uh, these you know, uh, presentations in the arena and the seminar rooms and, and, and all that are really going to uh, surprise folks. And there are also, uh, you know, really great uh, opportunities to see, you know, things that we really have never done before, like allowing our, our fans to be a part of this sort of world premiere event of Toy Story 1 and 2 in 3D. Um, you know, giving people sneak peeks at, uh, you know, uh, like in John Lasseter's presentation, he doesn't want to talk just about, you know, the next one or two films coming from feature animation, Disney and Pixar feature animation. He wants to talk about what's coming two, three, four years from now. And that's something really special because, as you know, it takes four to five years to make an animated feature. So it's kind of letting fans in on the ground floor of some of these productions. Yeah. And, you know, and we can talk maybe about some of the highlights because, I think there. I think number one, the expo is important from a business perspective because there is just this unprecedented endorsement and participation by all aspects of the company. And for the fans, there are really reasons to attend all four days because there is something for everyone, including kids. And I'm happy you mentioned the fact that this is for families because whether your interest is in the parks or the films or the TV, uh, and I have to make a quick aside that I have very much interest to see what's going to take place over at Lost University. All of the Disney company is going to be, going to be represented here. And having done the first Studios and Archives tour as part of the, of the D23 event, I'm very, very excited to see what the archives is going to bring. Well, I have to say, you know, uh, I, I mean, I oversee the Walt Disney Archives uh, as, as another part of my job. And, uh, you know, in June, they'll be celebrating their 40th anniversary. And, one of the things that we're presenting at the expo is treasures of the Walt Disney Archives. And in that 40-year history, the archives has actually never put on an exhibition of their own collection. They've loaned things to museums. We've let other business units utilize some of our props, costumes, and, and other assets for, for their own exhibitions. But uh, this really is the first time that we've taken the crown jewels of Disney. There's about 100 or, or slightly over 100 uh, um, uh, items that are being uh, put on display and opened it to the public. We've had small exhibitions here on the studio lot, but you know, very few people get to see those. So we're talking about a representation of every decade of Disney history, uh, from the earliest years of Mickey and Walt all the way up to uh, you know, Annette Funicello's you know, a Mouseketeer outfit, Davy Crockett's coonskin cap, Zorro's costume, Mary Poppins' costume. Uh, if you're a sci-fi fan, there's, uh, we actually have Maximilian and uh, Vincent from the Black Hole will be there. We have uh, Tron, a lot of costumes from the original Tron film. But then uh, one thing that uh, we added recently is uh, uh, a tribute to Michael Jackson and Captain EO. So we worked with Lucasfilm. They, uh, George Lucas approved uh, sending down uh, Michael's uh, uh, costume from uh, Captain EO. We have some models and set pieces and other fun things that I think people will, will really enjoy. But then it goes all the way up to the present as well in terms of this exhibition. Uh, you know, you're going to see, you know, Jack Sparrow, uh, Giselle from uh, Enchanted, uh, H Hannah Montana, High School Musical, 
uh, they'll all be there. And this uh, this this exhibition to me is almost even even worth the price of admission. It, it, it's a really fun, great, nostalgic stroll through uh, Disney history. I agree. Uh, my archives and studios tour was a, a true highlight of my Disney experience that spanned many decades. But uh, when you said Maximilian and Vincent, you put a huge smile on my face and probably many others. And specifically, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned Captain EO because after his untimely passing, there was very much discussion going on online about rumors and speculation and desire to have Captain EO return to Epcot. And, and certainly while the installation back into the parks, very, very unlikely. When I saw this announcement, I got the sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Disney and D23 listened to the fans. They listened to their desire to want to see or connect with this again in some way. And hopefully that's part of the reason why these artifacts are going to come uh, on display at the expo. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know we, we try our best to, uh, you know, listen to the feedback that we've received. And I think D23 has proven that through, you know, the way we've, we've attempted to be nimble in some of our executions of special events or content in, in the magazine or, you know, things that our fans have told us they wanted, that, that they want to see we've, we've uh, reacted to. And, and same thing with the expo. Uh, you know, we we uh, we want the fans to feel like they're getting what they want, not necessarily what we want. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, uh, I, I think that uh, they're going to be really pleasantly surprised by uh, you know a lot of what we're bringing out. I mean, look, look at even some of the seminars. Uh, the, there's everything from you know uh, the, the 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 silver banjo barbecue uh, at Disneyland, which is actually a, a great presentation, and Disney and Li- Disneyland and Living Color with Tony Baxter and Ed Hobelman. Um, you know these are things that fans are going to love. They're just going to eat it up because you know it, it's footage and it's stories and it's and it's and it's ideas that really haven't necessarily been sh- shared before or seen by a large audience. So uh, you know our fans speak, and we we try our best to listen. Yeah, and like I said, the fans are going to be treated to not only being able to hear keynote presentations from people like Bob Iger, and they'll get to hear John Lasseter, but there's so much more. And again, first opportunities for us as fans to see and hear and possibly meet some of these people who are true Disney legends. And when you start mentioning names like Exitensio and Alice Davis and Blaine Gibson and Bob Gurr, and get to hear a presentation on Imagineering from no one else other than Marty Sklar, that's a huge and rare opportunity, much like having the Disney Legends Awards ceremony that for the first time we will get a chance to witness at the convention center. Well, uh, you know, I'm on the Disney Legends Committee. I have been for several years, and, you know, I've always looked forward to that event. It's a great tradition here at Disney. It's been around for 22 years. You know, Fred McMurray was our first legend and uh, back in uh, 1987. And... You know, every year we enjoy getting to see that ceremony here at the Walt Disney Studios in Legends Plaza. But you know, the only problem with it is that only about 200 people feet sit in that in that in, in Legends Plaza. So uh, a lot of our fa- uh, fans and cast members and employees and friends don't get a chance to see it. Well, this year that changes uh, in the arena. I mean, it's a 4,000 seat venue. Uh, and we're really looking forward to being able to share, like I said, a great Disney tradition uh, with the people who are going to appreciate it the most and, and watch the new uh, class of inductees uh, you know, receive their, their, this honor. And uh, I believe on Monday we're actually going to be uh, announcing the legends, so uh, stay tuned for that. It's a, it's a, great, uh, it's a great list of, uh, of Disney luminaries. 
Yeah, it's very, very exciting. And we could spend, I mean, hours literally talking about all the different things on the schedule. And I'll direct people over to D23Expo.com where they can see it. But again, there'll be things from the Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Studios, the Walt Disney Family Museum. Again, sort of bringing that to the expo. A presentation on Muppets, the making of Toy Story Midway Mania. The list goes on and on and on. Again, not just a passive experience for guests and attendees. There's a live auction, which I must admit I'm very, very exciting about going to visit. Peter Pan's ride, flight ride car has my name written all over it. Um, but there's, there is so much to do from all the different aspects of the company. And again, you, you talked about revealing in the past couple of days additional speakers. Robert Olszewski, Thomas Kincaid, Jason Sorrell, the cast of Wizards of Waverly Place. There is going to be so much to do and reason to go and visit, I think, for all four days. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. So, and, and like I said, this really is, although it's right across the street from Disneyland, which is nice, you have the chance to go visit at night, um, I think Disney is sort of bringing and making that magic itself in a venue that has never been done before. Um, going to be very, very interesting, going to be very, very exciting to see. There are four days at the Expo, again, September 10th through the 13th, packed with all kinds of things, and more importantly, like I said, Stephen, a lot of surprises. Um, I will post a link in the show notes, but you can go and visit d23expo.com. It's open not just to D23 members, but everybody. You can also purchase tickets right online. Uh, I am looking forward to going as a participant, as a guest, uh, as part of the Collectors Forum in so many different ways. Uh, And again, I really appreciate all of your and the efforts of everybody over at D23. It's our pleasure, and, and thanks for having me here, Luke. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing you next week. All right, bye-bye. Once again, to open the inbox, apologize for the delay in answering all of your emails, and keep moving forward as we try and answer as many as possible this week. And when you think of emails, the first thing you think of is, well, I don't know, but eventually at some point you you may get to my guest sitting across the virtual table from me, and that's Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> Hi, Lou. Becky, welcome back. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Always, a pleasure. And again, I think at some point, if you think of emails, you know, if you put enough monkeys with typewriters in a room, eventually you'll get Shakespeare. Eventually you'll get to <laughs> Becky Mankin. So. <laughs> I do eventually. Somehow you'll put that together, but I didn't know how. All right. Listen, again, <laughs> Becky, we got so many still to get through. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking we're, we're going to be able to tackle more, but this is what I do. I, I ramble on too much with introductions, and I'm not going to do that, so let's move on. Because no. Megan Shearer is tired of waiting for the answer to her question. She says, Hey Lou, first off, I want to say that you are doing a fantastic job with this podcast. Me and my friends are visiting Disney after high school graduation to celebrate, and I just have a few questions. Number one, 
Are there any special graduation-related pins or anything else in the parks? I looked on the website, and it seems to be pretty focused on birthdays and such. And my friends and I just want to know if there's any way to make our specific celebration extra magical. Let's hit this one first, Becky. This is an easy one. First thing I'm thinking, oh, yeah. celebrate button, buttons. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, they. by the way, they do have the graduation T-shirts, pins, etc. in the stores when you get there. Um, but, yeah, celebration pins, absolutely. Yeah, and if, you're, if you're looking for a pin for something, they've got it. They Oh, yeah. Arbor Day! Yes, I got my <laughs> Arbor Day pins. Uh, number two, one of the main reasons for this trip, Arbor Day, is that uh, one of my friends has never been to the world, insert gasp here, she writes, so gasp, uh, my other friends and I have been going since we were little and want to make sure we can almost recreate that childhood experience for her. I love that sentiment. Any suggestions on how we can make her trip special? Oh, wow. We could probably do an entire podcast just on this subject. I w- that's exactly what I was thinking. So, um, where to start? Yeah, where to, but you know what? She's starting with the right idea. She wants now, even I, it's, I love the fact of not only what her sentiment is, but they're just graduating high school. So, you don't think that somebody, you know, maybe saying, Well, I want to recreate that childhood experience, and I love the fact that that's what you want to do. And if you go in there, I think, with that mindset that you guys can just go and just be goofy, pardon the pun. And just have fun and be kids again and ride Dumbo and ride the Barnstormer and just allow yourself to enjoy all the parks that they have to offer. It's not about riding rides. It's about being together and celebrating. I think that will do it and throw in some cool meals here and there. Oh, absolutely. Lots of photos that you'll treasure later on. Like Even just stop and have the, the picture of all of you together holding Tinkerbell in your hand when they, when they you know, get you all set up for that shot. That's really cool. I love your idea. One of the things that I love when I go, especially with a, a group of friends, is later after all the strollers, or not all the strollers, but a bunch of the strollers are gone, riding all the kids' rides back in Fantasyland. Oh, it, it, it does. It has a way to, to transport you back to being an eight-year-old, and it's just fantastic. Yeah, and, and to extend upon what you said, make use of the PhotoPass photographers. And you want to do something really cool for her? When you're done, either order order the CD, but better yet, have one of the photo books made up for you. Ooh, or nice. get the CD and do a scrapbook of your time in Walt Disney World. And use the PhotoPass photographers to sort of chronicle your time that you're there. Take your own pictures, to use their pictures. Make a scrapbook for her or for all of you, and, and I think that's something that 30 years from now, if you guys are still friends, you'll look back on, and, and it'll be a great thing that, you'll, that you guys will treasure. Oh, absolutely. And her third and final question is, it says, as you can imagine, we have very limited budgets, and I was wondering if you had any tips to cut down on dining costs without getting the dining plan. And I think, again, this is a top 10, this is a, a segment in and of itself. Oh, it sure is. Uh, she didn't mention where she was staying, so they're talking about budget. They probably don't have a villa with a kitchen, but that's one of the, the points, obviously, for those who are, are in those type of accommodations or off property. Um, having transportation offers the ability to eat some of the meals in the area around the world or, or go to a local store for some of the basics. One of the things that I do want to mention, she said without getting the dining plan, a lot of people don't realize that there are now different levels of the dining plan where last year there was just one dining plan that you could 
you could get. Now they do have a lower cost quick service version of the plan, which just gives you two quick service meals and two snacks. It's about $10 or a little bit more less per person per day. That's, um, that's a little bit more economical. That was their answer to people who were, were looking for some uh, a, a different economical plan. Well, first things first, um, I, I normally would have disconnected you and thrown you off the show for suggesting that people eat off property. I know. However, I, knew you however I will qualify that by saying that if they had their own car and if they were going to Waffle House at 3 a.m., that would be acceptable. Anything else, not really. However, however, um, one of my, my biggest suggestions to save money, um, and it's something that, that I do all the time, too is breakfast because I don't think that you really need to go out every day unless you're a big breakfast person and there's some great places to have breakfast. You can either have breakfast in the room or just go and grab a muffin or a bagel or whatever it is on Main Street or in in some of the resorts, wherever it is that you're staying. A great way to save money there. You know, if you have a car and you're uh, you're with somebody that has a car and you can go to a grocery store and bring back Pop-Tarts or whatever it is, Trust me, when you get to college, you'll be eating Pop-Tarts left and right. Um, you know, eat in the room. Counter service meals, um, especially for, for lunch. You know, don't go to table service meals for lunch. And when it comes time to have dinner, look into maybe having a light lunch and then having a very, very early dinner where you can take advantage of the often cheaper lunch menu and still yes. get a lot of the same menu items that are at, at, there for dinner. And then have a snack somewhere, you know, later on um, if you get hungry later on at night. Yep, absolutely. Most of the resorts have the refrigerator uh, available to you, or of course you can you can uh, have one brought in, so that you can take advantage of that. So if you do go out to a local store, like you said, get a, get a muffin in the morning, get a couple of things you can just have to, to get you going, and um, and try to try to skip there. And even, Sorry about going out property, but ah, sometimes sometimes no. you just got to do it, Lou. Well, again, Waffle House is the only exception. So, and but yeah, I mean, you can even bring down with you, like in your bag, or you bring down yeah. some some energy bars and stuff like that. Um, very easy way to do it. So, absolutely. Anyway, uh, the next question says, "Hey Becky and Lou, too. Did you send? It? Is this from you? My husband and I are both nurses. I'm going to keep going, so you don't even have time to comment. My husband and I are both nurses." And I've discovered the WDW Swan and Dolphin discount for nurses. Good for you. Becky, have you, how, can you tell me, how do you get that discount? And can it be applied to a Magic Your Way package or do you have to book a room only reservation and then order tickets a la carte, thereby being excluded from adding the dining option? Follow along. We are planning to purchase annual passes in the future, but have not yet done so. Also, Lou, gotta say, the show is fabulous and it keeps getting better. I'm never disappointed. Love the calendar, audio guides, and Celebration Magazine, too. Kelly, I'm smiling. Thanks for bringing us the magic at home, and that's from Kelly. So, all right, Becky. Um, her yeah. swan and dolphin nursing discounts. Hi, Kelly. I'll send you the check later for that. Anyway, yeah. Swan and Dolphin Resorts do offer discounts for nurses, for RNs, LPNs, as well as uh, teachers, military, and some other government workers as well. But, um Unfortunately, it is a room only. It, you cannot apply that discount to a Magic Your Way package. And it has to be booked through um, a, one of your travel agents can do it for you, but it does have to be booked with Swan and Dolphin. So given that, and of course those discounts can, they start, it can be as low as 129 a night at Swan and Dolphin. 
um, but they go higher depending on the, the time of year that it is as well. There's a lot of blackout dates for those those offers too, so you have to kind of be careful of that. Um, this, because of that, and you're talking about possibly getting a, an annual pass, this might be a good time to jump on that annual pass bandwagon because then you can check for annual pass discounts on the room and you can also add the dining plan to your annual pass discount and make it a package as well. So if, if an AP is something you were interested in, that might be a good option um, because that'll also get you, if you don't want to go the dining plan, you can also apply it to some other dining discounts as well. So there's a lot of benefits to that. I was going to say, the AP, you know, we, that's something we should talk about one day, is yeah. the benefits of the annual pass because they are so far beyond just saving money on theme park admission. You know, the tables, Absolutely. getting and using the tables in Wonderland card the, the right way mm-hmm. is a huge, obviously from a food person, a huge <laughs> benefit, um, you know, the, the, and that's just one of them. Um, there's also merchandise discounts and, and so, so very much more. So, excellent. Yeah. I, I do want to just throw out there for those of you who are taking advantage of the the discounts, the the nurse discount, teacher discount. They do require you to have and to show identification, um, either your certificate or your hospital ID um, when you do check in. So make sure you've got that with you, otherwise the discount wouldn't apply. I had read. So, do you actually have to bring a pay stub too, so you have proof of, you know, of employment? You can. That is one of the things that they will accept is identification. Okay. There you go. All right, next question comes from Craig, and he says, Hey, Lou, I'm pretty new to your podcast, but I'm a true Disney fanatic, and thus know of you. He wrote this, not me, and your legend. Thank you, Mom. Um, anyway, me, my wife, me, my wife, my daughter, who is just seven, and my four-year-old boy are from the UK, but we live and have a house in Claremont three to four months a year. Awesome. The pros and cons of living overseas. July 31st, 2009 is our 10th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. We will be in Claremont that day, and I want to do something, again, very special. I was thinking of booking a couple of nights at the Poly or the Grand Floridian. I know you get a lot of these requests, but we want to include the kids. So where to stay and eat? Yes, food. (laughs) What would you suggest? Uh, Many thanks and be safe. And that's, again, from Craig. Oh. So first question, Becky. Polynesian or Grand Floridian? Oh, in, in a heartbeat. To me, personally, the Polynesian is the perfect blend of the romantic atmosphere for the anniversary as well as entertaining for the kids and for the family. I, I just think you can't beat the convenience of the monorail access, but I I just really like the blend of the two for family and for the romantic atmosphere. I Personally, Polynesian has it for me out of the two. I'm with you. 110%. But not only do you have that, but your kids are... Uh, seven and four, and there's stuff for them to do too. You've got like the Grand Floridian has the Mouseketeer Club, Polynesian's got the Neverland Club, which is a, a kids' club that they can stay, I think, from two hours to four or six. I don't remember what it is. Uh, so if you do want to go and have like your nice dinner, wherever that might may be, and you want to let them go to one of the kids' clubs, um, that's a great option as well. Oh, absolutely. In the pool. You just can't beat yeah. the, the pool over there, except for only one other place beats the pool at, at Polly, um, of course, which would be your favorite over at Beach Club. But um, the, the Polynesian is just a, a wonderful idea for him out of the two. All right. So we, we answer this question every show, but he wants to know, now that we know where he's going to stay, where should he eat? And, and I'm actually going to tell him... Uh, to take the monorail over to the Grand Floridian. So he gets a little double dip. He gets a little bit of both. 
mm-hmm. Narcusis, Citricos, you can't go wrong with, with either of those two choices. Yeah, I, and Citricos is one of the ones that, that popped into my head. I, I think that that would be a really good idea, but I can't, for some reason, I can't unhook from my, my favorite, the California Grill, either. That is right there on the monorail line. If they put the kids in the, the kids' clubs and they want to do something romantic up there, watch the fireworks go back, um, I, that's a, a great option. And, and if they have a chance for a meal with, with the kids somewhere else down the line, or if they aren't looking for the quiet romantic dinner, but something kind of fun and special with the family, I got to say I love Ohana. Yeah. You know what, though? Yeah. I, I'm going to change my answer because really? I can. Because you know why? <laughs> it's his 10th wedding anniversary. Yeah, And is. you only have a 10-year anniversary once or twice, depending on how. So you know what, Craig? If you want to do it and you really just say, let's, and you're going to go to the Grand Floridian, I'm uh, going to throw Victorian Alberts out there again. Yeah. You want to talk about the, the ultimate romantic dinner experience your wife will will. I, not that she doesn't already. She will love you if you take her to, to Victoria and Albert's. That is a very, very special place. And, and I, I still have the, the menus that they had personalized for us from my honeymoon is when, when Chris took me to that wonderful romantic restaurant. Um, wonderful place for a special, special uh, celebration. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to our next research trip there. So the next question um, <laughs> comes and it says, Hey, Lou, this is Corey from Tennessee. You like that, right? Your show rocks, and it helps me through the 51 weeks out of the year that I'm not at Walt Disney World. (laughs) Anyway, here you go, Becky. On the last few shows with Becky from Mouse Fan Travel, she has asked for suggestions for a sign-off line. Oh, boy. Your email, (laughs) you've begged for it, it's here. (laughs) Lou, like you, I am a huge fan of Horizons, and the following line just came to me. If you can dream it, we can book it. What do you think? Hope you like it. Thanks for everything you do. Corey from Knoxville, Tennessee. Say nothing, Becky, because I want to hear you sing it. Sing it? Sing it. Sing it? Sing it. Come on. Sing it. I promise I'll lay down the Horizons music behind this. Oh, Lou? All right. That's for another (laughs) (laughs) Corey, I like that. I, I might... And it, actually, it's fairly accurate, too. I might have to give that one a try. And I almost sang it. I almost sang it for oh, you. On. And then I was like, wait a minute. What am I, crazy? No. Th- people would much rather hear you sing. You know what? I don't know why Let's people... Let's take a poll. I don't know why people <laughs> think they want to hear me sing, but I will tell you, having heard myself sing, it's a horror show. You don't want any part of that. <laughs> so moving on. We'll, we'll work on it. Yeah. We'll, we'll do a duet I, later. I think not. Um, (laughs) Next email comes from Dave Holloway, and he says, Lou, the last time my wife and I were in Epcot, the best place in the world, he says, we listened to the Voices of Liberty, some of the best voices in the world, I might add. I I remembered seeing a CD that they had done in the gift shop next to the American Experience. I was running low on cash, didn't like to use credit cards. I told my wife I would order it when we got home. Unfortunately, I have had no luck finding the CD anywhere. My friend that goes two times per year can't get me one until Thanksgiving as he went to the Magic Kingdom two weeks ago. Is there any way to order this CD or do I have to wait until December when we go back to Epcot to buy one? There is... Dave, we have good news for you. We do. 
<laughs> we do. And I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, because you can. I was going to guess. There, because there's two ways that you can get it. Uh, there's three ways that you can get it. One, say, you know what? I'm going to hop on a plane, go down to Epcot, and go buy the CD myself, which is a great excuse to go buy the CD. But in the alternative, you can visit the LibertyVoices.com website, which is the website for the Voices of Liberty. Or you can contact Walt Disney World merchandise via phone or email. Um, I know that they can normally get you pretty much anything that's sold in the parks, especially if you have um, and I, some sort of identification number for it, or they can look it up for you. You can buy it over the phone or through email, and they will send it to you. I'll put that confirmation, uh, that information in this week's show notes. How about belting out a little Voices of Liberty for us? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, I didn't think so. Tell you what, I'll, I will work on that karaoke voice eventually. We, we will do something. I will see. Uh, Lou, I need your help. My fiance and I are getting married in January, and after getting engaged at Disney, we knew that we had to spend at least part of our honeymoon there. So we're gonna go. There, we're gonna be there for three nights before heading out to Port Canaveral to catch our cruise. Very nice. Mm. Now, unfortunately, we couldn't do the Disney cruise, but we're heading out on something called Royal Caribbean. Anyway, we're gonna be coming back on the hey, ninth. <laughs> I gotta show my love to the Disney Cruise Line. Disney Dream 2011. Uh, we're gonna be coming back on the 9th, and then we'll be staying another night in a Disney hotel because I'm running the marathon the next day. Dude, running the marathon wow. after your honeymoon, you awesome. I have been to Disney, wow, a million times, but I don't know the answer to this question. Is there anywhere on property that I can park my truck and leave it while we're on our cruise? We wanna take a cab or something to the port. So it'll make things much easier, not to mention, I think you have to park your car there for a week. So thanks for reading. Let me know if you know anything. Thanks so much. That comes from Jeremy Johnson. He's DisneyGuy87 on the forums. Jeremy, that, that's a very interesting question. Although I think that you're insane for doing the marathon after your honeymoon. Yeah, and I gotta say, this is math and transportation, so I think I'm about to be punked, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, and just a side note, thanks to all of you who came to my rescue by the way, on the hey, other hey, hey, move along, question. move along, address the question at hand, would you please? Okay, anyway, the question at hand. Now, it's it's a long and expensive cab ride out to the port from Disney. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't realize if you haven't been out there, it's, it's about an hour-long drive. So parking at the port, while it does cost you money to stay there or to park there, it's $15 per night at, at this time. So for a week, what, just over 100 bucks? That's actually going to be less than taking a cat a, a taxi just one way from Disney out to the port. So, um, unless I'm again missing something, math and transportation again, um, it might be better for you just to drive. And I honestly don't know of anywhere that you can just park your car for free without the possibility of it getting towed. You might have something that I don't know. No, I, I couldn't think of anything, and um, I, I agree with everything that Becky said about her math and transportation. <laughs> now, I, I will say, side note, Royal Caribbean, if you're sailing the Freedom of the Seas, which it sounds like you are from the dates and, and the number of nights, you'll love it. She's a beauty. You're going to have a great time. I'm sure. I mean, it's not a Disney cruise. But it, <laughs> no, Royal Caribbean, it, I'm only kidding. It's, it's a wonderful cruise line. Um, Disney Dream 2011. <laughs> anyway, next next email is from Kevin Zygmunt in Indiana, who says to keep moving forward. And I'm with you, Kevin. He says, Lou, does the Disney dining plan work with the food and wine booths? 
And if so, what credits do you get charged? Enjoying the podcast and the video. Keep moving forward, Kevin. Yeah, that's actually an interesting question. Um, there are booths that will accept the snack dining credits for items, uh, food and wine. And if you look at the menu boards, um, most of them will have the little snack credit icon down towards the bottom or, or at the top somewhere on that the menu. It's usually for items that are under $4. If you don't see the credit item, just ask the cast member and they'll be able to tell you. But most of them will have that. If they do accept it, they'll have it uh, noted on the menu board. And the only thing, Kevin, that I can add to that question is I am so excited for Food and Wine 2009 this year. That's it. That's all I have to add. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to hit every single booth, right? And try everything around. I did it last year and I have all intentions of doing it again. I've I've never gone all the way around Food and Wine. I I will say, well, we we went all the way around. We realized that about a third or halfway through that we couldn't try everything at every booth. So we had to pick and choose to a certain degree, but lamb sliders and, and the, the gumbo and oh God, I can't wait. Uh, okay, there's September. So many, there's so many audio and video segments coming. I promise. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So uh, the next question, Becky, is uh, also a somewhat food related question. He says, Lou, I know that you're probably busy uh, and such, but I had a quick question that I thought you might know the answer to. I'm an annual pass holder, and when I go for my birthday, I was planning on getting the gift card option. I know that it can't be used at dining locations, but do you know if you can use it at the food kiosks during the Food and Wine Festival, since they take pretty much any kind of Disney currency, including gift cards? Thanks for your help. Love the show. I love it so much that one once a week is not enough. Carrie Sue Callahan, do you want to see me go to an early grave? <laughs> She's gone back listening to all the episodes, for which I really do appreciate. And again, that's from Carrie Sue Callahan. So, again, food and wine, and a, uh, a sort of a dining card question: Can yeah. she use her birthday card at the kiosks? Now, these birthday cards, guys, are really, 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 really restricted. I, I you can't use them for dining at dining locations. They're restricted on how and where you can use them. The fine print says that they cannot be used for food items. So I've never tried using one at a, at a kiosk. I'll probably have to try that when I come down there for my birthday. But I'm assuming that it means no because of the fine print saying it can't be used for the food items. Most of it is, is basically um, meant for use on mar- merchandise. Have you heard anything different? I, I have not. I have not. Okay. So I was totally deferring to whatever you yeah. were going to say for that. So Yeah, I'm... I, I, Wish I had a definitive answer for you, but I do know no food items is on the fine print. No one has been able to tell me that they've been able to use it before, so I'm going to say probably not. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Um, it says, hey, Lou, I love listening to your show every week. Look forward to Monday mornings when I get to listen to new episodes. I am a huge, big, bold letters, WDW fan, but I've never had any desire to go to Disneyland. Man. Until... I heard your podcast a while back about your trip to Disneyland. Now I can't wait to walk where Walt walked. I was very fortunate that I now have the opportunity to visit Disneyland on August 21st. I only get one day there, so I want to make the most of it. The first ride I plan on going to ride is Pirates of the Caribbean, but I was wondering if you could suggest any other must-see Disneyland rides and also a couple of restaurants. I know it's a kind of a strange request, but I hope you can help me out. 
Thanks in advance. Keep up the great podcast. And that's from Stephanie Murphy in Denver, Colorado. So, wow. Yeah. An- another one. We could spend eons on this one as well. And the first one that popped in my head right away is Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, I'm trying to sort of, in my mind, um, kind of go around quickly in uh, right. in Disneyland. But that is, is without a doubt, one that's a uh, very much of a must-do. Yeah, Other things that come... Oh, sorry. I was going to say that the the attractions that you can't see, obviously, at, at uh, WDW would be the the first on the list between Indiana Jones, even the Finding Nemo submarine ride. I, I think that's really cute. Yeah, you got it. I think you have to do. Um, I think you have to do Finding Nemo. I think you have to do Space Mountain. Very yes. very different. Dare I say better than Walt Disney World's <sighs> version, especially since it's now closed. Peter Pan's <laughs> Flight, of which I'm. Yeah. A, monster fan uh, is amazing out there all of Fantasyland I mean all of Fantasyland all the dock rides there mm-hmm. Pinocchio and Mr. Toad you've got to go see Toad the Matterhorn it's a classic yeah. you, you must do the Matterhorn uh, you've got to ride the monorail out there uh, yeah I would definitely try and stick to just Disneyland obviously you know there's, you don't have to worry about DCA now so don't worry about going to downtown Disney or anything else just spend your day in the Magic Kingdom at Disneyland uh, I'm trying to just think. I mean, do the storybook land canal boats because it's there, because it's a classic. Um, mm-hmm. Go and visit Toontown. I mean, you can do, you can actually get through, especially depending on how crowded it is. I don't know if August 21st, what day of the week that is. But if it's not a weekend, you might be able to do most of Disneyland in, in a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, and definitely, definitely, if uh, if Fantasmic is on, oh, yeah. see Fantasmic there. And again, dare I say, I'm going to get email for this. I just know it better at Fantasmic for me at Disneyland than it is at, at Disney World, and as is Space Mountain. I, I agree with you there. And then the differences, like a Haunted Mansion, the Tiki Room, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Jungle Cruise. You got to do the Jungle oh, Cruise. Yeah. Absolutely. There's okay. so much there to do. Ah. Okay, so who, which haunted mansion do you like better? Oh, you would say it's that, like wouldn't you? It's like picking a child. It's like picking your favorite <laughs> child, isn't it? <laughs> that one is because, well, you know that that's one of my very, very favorite attractions. And I, I love them both for different reasons. <laughs> what a cop-out. What a cop-out. <laughs> but Space Mountain wins on the West Coast. woo I got to say. Yeah, Space Mountain is, um, is amazing. And, and you know what, too? And I say this all the time. Take your time and, and enjoy and explore yeah. Disneyland because it's a very, very different theme park. Uh, you're going to blow through Adventureland. not even realize that you walked through it, or at least I did when I was there. Um, he also and, asks for places. He asks for places to eat. And, and far yeah. be it for me not to answer the question that was asked. Oh, of course not. You wouldn't want to no, skip I mean, over I that to, at right. all, would you? And, and just like everywhere else with Disney and food related, there's there's a ton of options there, too. The, a real treat for me at Disneyland is lunch or dinner at the Blue Bayou, yeah. which is, of course, inside um, the parts of the Caribbean. Awesome, awesome location there. Um, I like the Plaza Inn inside the park for breakfast. But I, I think one of the best things I, I enjoy about uh, the Disney. Uh, land resort area is that everything was, is within walking distance. Mm-hmm. So you can easily get over to um, the Grand Californian and to the rest, restaurants over there and enjoy like the Storyteller Cafe which has an awesome four cheese ravioli Listen, by the way. No, no, no. He's got, he's got one day in the parks. This is, this is, this is commando style big time. Uh, listen, <laughs> All right. You need to pace yourself. You. All right, listen. Okay. You need to pace yourself, Stephanie. And, uh, <laughs> 
you need to you to to kind of bounce around and eat little bites here and there. That's what I did my first night there. So you know you, you got to have a little something on Main Street USA. You know maybe get um, go to the Gibson Girl Ice Cream Parlor, get some ice cream. So you can say I had ice cream on Main Street USA. But then Bengal Barbecue over an event, and, and this is what I love about Disneyland. Look how excited I'm getting. There's <laughs> so many different types of unique food offerings. So I love the shish kebabs and um, the, the asparagus. Or I think it was like asparagus or something at uh, at the Bengal Barbecue. If you have time, Blue Bayou. But no, yeah. the first thing I ever had at Disneyland was, and forgive me, I don't know what it, what it's called, but there's a small little walk up kiosk thingy where you can get soup in a bread bowl. Time that with Fantasmic at night. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, nice. I'm trying to think what else. I ate the Hungry Bear. Oh, the the um, look, I, I'm so excited. I'm doing like ha- Italian hand gestures here. The, uh, <laughs> the Rancho uh, Restaurant, the Rancho de Zocalo. Is that what it's called? Forgive me if I, if I mispronounce that. It's got some like um, some Mexican stuff going on there. Um, Oh, then again, you do have to go to the Golden Horseshoe, too. Yeah, um, see? <laughs> you have to snack you need to along stay the way. Another day. Yeah, I'm sorry. So clearly You've that's the answer to, to the question. You can't do it all in one day. Simply because I, I got to say, and I know, he's got one day in the park, but fine dining over it. At, um, again, the Grand Californian, there's the Napa Rose restaurant is one of the, the number one rated restaurants in the entire area. And then, of course, the Disneyland Hotel has the Steakhouse 55. I'm getting hungry. But <laughs> there's just a lot to choose from. We could keep going and going and going on this one. I, I do want to mention one more thing just about the park itself. Do one thing when you're in the park. Stop outside the fire station and look up at the window that has the lamp in it. Because that is the place where, where Walt sat and watched his guests out the window. I think that that is one of the most special locations of all the Disney places that I'm at. So. Definitely take that in when you're there. And while you're walking there, you can be yeah. eating your popcorn or something <laughs> that you got in, you know, gathered over in Adventureland. It's like the, they have a, the cool fruit thing, like the fruit cart over there. A lot of fresh fruits and stuff out there. Yeah. Help me. There's oh. so much. Sorry. God, I, need, I need another Disneyland trip. Stat. Again. Becky Mankin. <laughs> I've got it. I've, I, I got you <laughs> <So>, down. <laughs> all right. We got to move on. I, I spent yep. way too much time. I'm sorry. I got I, Take it down a notch. <clears throat> Hi, Lou. I'm at Walt Disney World this week and spent yesterday in Epcot. As my family and I were entering the World Showcase, I saw Dan Cockrell, Vice President of Epcot, along with several Epcot managers. I recognized Dan from the video you shared with us, but I didn't feel comfortable just walking up to him and saying hi and thanks for what you do and your team do to make Epcot so special. Now I wish that I had. So what's the best way to say thanks to a high-profile Disney executive when you see them in the parks. Thanks for all you do. That comes from Brian Hubbard in Indiana. And uh, other than throwing Becky's name around, Brian, you don't really need to do anything because everyone, without exception, is so approachable. And by way of example, I saw we're at, uh, for Epcot's 25th, we're wandering around, wandering around with some friends, and who do I see just sort of, you know, strolling, meandering around, but Marty Squar, just hanging out and people not recognizing him, nobody. And we went up to him, started talking with him, and, and 20, 25 minutes later or so, you know, we finally excused ourselves and let him go on his way, but it's Marty Squar. And I think, Becky, that's how everybody is, and I think that's what 
differentiates the cast members, again, as we talked about in a prior email second, why they are one of the seven wonders of Walt Disney World, is that you're encouraged to go and talk to them. And the most rewarding thing for them is to have you go to say, hey, you know what? I really appreciate what you're doing. Especially somebody like a Dan Cockrell, who is not a frontline cast member who's who normally might get that sort of response from somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard management talk directly to me about how much they enjoy talking to guests and they appreciate the comments and they love the interaction. Um, they, they love to hear the thank yous and, and the, the accolades for all of their, their hard work. So don't be afraid. Um, I, I know people sometimes um, see the, the management folks running around with the, um, the, the pin trading and are kind of afraid of walking up to them to talk to them. Some of them use the, the um, pin trading uh, lanyards to help people allow them to to be approachable so no if, if as long as they're not of course giving a presentation on a podium or something you should always feel free to to walk up and talk with them they would very much welcome it absolutely and, and dan cockerel um, i've met him a couple times very very nice very approachable guy um really enjoyed uh, my conversation with him, especially uh, having, after having a chance to meet and talk to his dad as well. So the apple clearly not falling far from the tree there. So, Becky, the final question this week, um, and I'm not going to try and trick you because... <laughs> <laughs> it says, hey, Lou, I only just discovered your wonderful podcast and I'm having a great time listening to the previous hundred some odd <laughs> shows. It's very interesting to hear which of the rumors in the rumor mill actually came or are coming true. I'd like to thank you for all of your work. It must be hard work having to go on lots of research trips to Walt Disney World. Oh, Chris Norwich is a comedian, I see. <laughs> uh, myself and my girlfriend have just spent a long weekend in Disneyland, Paris, and it has whet my appetite for a trip to Walt Disney World in the summer or autumn. Disneyland, Paris is very nice but doesn't quite have the same magic as Walt Disney World. Listening to Roy E. Disney dubbed into French and then, then subtitled into English is very strange. <laughs> so I have a question for you. My girlfriend Katie is a huge fan of Mary Poppins. And our next trip to Walt Disney World, I'd like to do something special for her that hopefully involves Mary Poppins, whether that be a dining experience or something else. Thanks again, Lou. And that comes from Chris Norwich in England. Wow. Well, of course, we have Lou here that you, you could hook him up now, right? You're, you're, you got the in. <laughs> Fab, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous interview, by the way, with, um, with Julie Andrews, just, just to throw that at you. But uh, obviously, Mary Poppins, my, one of my husband's favorites as well. She regularly shows up for breakfast at 1900 uh, Park Fair over at the Grand Floridian Resort. That is one of the ones that, um, that you can pretty much see her at. I also know she's commonly seen um, in England out at the World Showcase just for meet and greets and, and pictures and so forth and autograph signing. But the 1900 Park Fair is the one that I'm aware of. Right, and that's exactly what... First of all, thank you very much for your kind compliments about Julie Andrews. Um, and you're going to set him up, right? You're going to hook him up with just to make sure that she gets to, yeah. Yeah, well, my daughter now thinks because we watched Mary Poppins the day after. I said, you know, I, I talked to her. I talked to that woman. So that evening she comes to me and says, Daddy, um, the next time that Julie Andrews calls you, can I talk to her, please? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no. Um <laughs> Because she's not going to call me back. Um, but anyway, yeah, 1900 Park Fair. One of, honestly, I, I love this character meal. Um, I love where it is. I love the decor. The food's actually very, very good. And he's right. There's something about 
seeing and meeting Mary. I mean, princesses are princesses, but there's something so elegant and so charming about Mary Poppins. And, and this is a great venue to see her and talk to her. You can also see her, um, like I said, on, on Main Street during the parade. Sometimes you'll see her wandering around. You can also see her in the U.K., but um, I, I think she would really enjoy having a, a character meal at 1900 Park Fair. Absolutely. And one of the things I have to say, especially with Mary Poppins, because she is such a free spirit, as we all know, it's really fun to just watch her when she's doing um, her, her autograph sessions and when she's meeting people, in, like in the UK. She is just fabulous with those kids. And, and one of the one of the best memories that I have is, is Chris and I, my husband, were watching her interact with a child, a family. There were three children. And at one point, she, Mary Poppins just grabbed one of the little boy's hands and went running off to a bench and sat down with him and had private time with just that little little kid and man that made his day i I just i remember that as being a really wonderful memory yeah i um and i have to tell you i have a a new desire and and anticipation of seeing mary poppins now in the parks after having to talk to julie andrews so i I might actually (laughs) see you at 1900 park fair because that's that's next character meal on my list so there we go um so, what a great way to end this email segment with food and Mary Poppins. Um, it does not get any better than that. So, <laughs> as always, Becky from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, for your next Walt Disney World or Disneyland trip, um, definitely contact Becky and her team of agents. And uh, here, here's the setup, Becky. <laughs> Thank you, as always. Well, if you can dream it, we can book it. But also... In honor of Mary Poppins, as much as I would love to sing Super Califragilistic XP, I'll work on that. Cheerio, Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thank you. And I got, I got you to sing, too. That was not singing. That was singing. Oh, that was not singing. You have never heard me sing. And there will be a day when you will hear me sing. You just won't be it now because I'm, I have been out of training for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Of all things, that, that's one of my little hidden talent things that I've, I don't talk about very much. And you're not recording. You've, you've stopped. Oh, I have not stopped. <laughs> this, is, this is so going in the show. <laughs> oh, don't you even. Don't you this even. so a Jelly Rolls or a Kimono's Night coming up. It's time to announce the winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. As you recall, I asked you five random questions about Walt Disney World, asked you to answer them in order, and email me, and from all the correct entries, I randomly selected one winner. But before I tell you who the winner was, let's go back over the questions and the answers. First, I said in Jim Henson's Muppet Division 3D, Waldorf and Statler, the crotchety old men up in the balcony, talked about a very moving moment in the show, and I asked, where did they say they thought the show should be moved to? And of course, the answer was Pittsburgh. Number two, I asked you what show or attraction takes place on Soundstage 15 over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, and that, of course, is Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith. Question three, in Ellen's Energy Adventure, 
Dr. Judy Peterson is a professor of energy at what school? Princeton University. Question four. I asked you a line from a Walt Disney World attraction, and it, and it went a little something like this. First comes C, G, then C and D, and then you got to go back to G, but you got to be quick. Well, that is from the fractured folk song at the Country Bear Jamboree. I would have just taken Country Bear Jamboree. And number five, in the current version of Spaceship Earth, I said a family in one scene is watching TV in the 1960s. What were they watching? And they were watching man's first landing on the moon. So once again, you guys did awesome on this. So many of you got all of these correct. But the random winner this week is Christine McKay. So Christine, congratulations. Please email me your address. I will get you a prize package out, which is going to include this week the Fantasyland audio guide to Walt Disney World, a WDW radio button, a luggage tag, and who knows, maybe I'll throw in another little surprise as well. Thank you and congratulations to everybody who played. No new contest this week, but definitely stay tuned. In the next couple of weeks, we'll have another trivia contest or in the world, in the world that you heard this contest, maybe something a little bit different. So definitely stay tuned. And again, thanks for playing. That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks go out to Stephen Clark, the head of Disney's D23. Looking forward to the D23 Expo in just a few weeks from September 10th through the 13th at the Anaheim Convention Center. I'll not only be at the Expo as a Disney fan, but I will, of course, be covering it for the show. I'm also going to have a table in the Collector's Forum. There I'll be selling my books and my CDs, but more importantly... I'm looking forward to meeting other Disney fans, hopefully some listeners as well. Again, I will be there from Thursday through Sunday. Please come by and say hi. For those of you that can't make it out, like I said, I will be covering it for the show with audio and video. And no promises as yet, but I will tell you once I get to the venue, I'll see if I can work out the logistics. But I'm going to try, try and broadcast a live feed right from the expo, much as I did a few weeks ago at the Seattle meet. I'm going to try and broadcast audio and video, have the interactive chat, lots more. Again, please stay tuned for more details and information as we get closer, as well as Twitter and Facebook. Thanks also to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel for helping out with the emails, and congratulations and thanks again to everybody who played and entered this week's trivia contest. Big, big thanks to everybody who came out to Typhoon Lagoon this past weekend. We had a great, great, fun time meeting and spending the day with so many of you. We rode Crushing Gusher. We swam with the sharks. We rode the Lazy River. Of course, the Wave Pool. Let's not even get into the mini donuts, which were phenomenal. But thank you to everybody who came out. I really, really enjoyed having a chance to meet all of you. Don't forget, September's Meet of the Month is going to be Saturday, September 26th. That's the Everest Adventurers Weekend, Everest Challenge, Food and Wine. I'll put a link in the show notes where you can find out more. You can RSVP over in the forums or in Facebook. And again, stay tuned for upcoming Meets of the Month. October is going to be Tower of Terror Race Weekend. Lots more coming up there as well. Stay tuned to the site for new videos. I just posted a new video sort of eating around the world and snacking around the world over in Japan. More to come, I promise. Also look for some new features coming to the site in the next few weeks as well. 
Speaking of emails, if you have an email that you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, call the voicemail at 888-703-2171. Quick reminders to come by, follow me over on Twitter or on Facebook. You can friend me up there. Join the WDW Radio Show fan page. You can find links to all those right on the homepage of wdwradio.com. Look for a new WDW Radio Live Hopefully before D23, if not, hopefully at D23. Again, best way to find out about those is through Twitter and through Facebook. And again, Celebrations Magazine is available over at CelebrationsPress.com. Finally, thanks again to my sponsors and partners, including Becky and her team at Mouse Fan Travel. All-Star Vacation Homes has more than 150 houses within five miles of Walt Disney World. They have private pools, spas, kitchens, game rooms, master bedrooms, so, so much more. You can select from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes. You can find out more over at All-Star Vacation Homes. Also check the website for a link directly to that. And finally, Chantel Crawford over at dvcbyresale.com. Visit her site for point charts, current listings, as well as frequently asked questions, and so much more. And don't forget, too, about the Disney Dream Cruise in 2011. I'll post that link in the show notes as well. We're going to cruise on the all-new Disney Dream. Can't wait to hear more details about that, which I have a feeling are going to come out at the D23 Expo. Hopefully you have an idea of when we're going to try and sail on the Dream. Come by. Let us know if you're interested. And uh, finally, my friends, thank you as always for taking the time and tuning in. I really do appreciate it. If you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. And uh, again, everybody, remember, always, always keep moving forward. I hope you guys have a great week this week. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Tim Begonia and his sister-in-law, Megan Donovan, from Mequon, Wisconsin. And uh, we were talking, and we just heard your podcast on the queue. And we thought if the TTA can be the queue for the Tomorrowland, then I would think that... uh, the monorail could be the cue for the entire world. What do you think? You agree, Megan? Yes. All right. Take care. Thank you very much for a wonderful show. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Chad from the Bronx. Uh, just wanted to I'm, no, I'm a little late. I've been away. But I wanted to get in touch with you about um, show number 130, the retrospective about um, World of Motion. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and I'm so glad that you got to do it. Just a couple of things I wanted to add. First of all, you mentioned about how some of the wonderful animatronics got recycled to other uh, sites, and I just wanted to mention that there was one that you didn't mention, was that two of the human audio, audio animatronics were transferred over to Anaheim when uh, World of Motion closed. They took two of the animatronics. I know one of them was the man pulling the mule that just wouldn't go. Was Both animatronics were moved to Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. Um, they were the two pirates that were trying to pull the stubborn bag of treasure up that final ramp um, as before the unloading dock. Um, however, you can't see them now because those were have since been removed uh, when Jack Sparrow was added. But they did make the trip, and I only know of the... Um, I don't know where they went after that, but that was number one. Number two is I just wanted to say how much I appreciated the mention of uh, the when you come into World of Motion that the you can see the cars going up to the second level from the outside. Now this is 
classic uh, what John Hench had mentioned in his book about using um, kinetics to increase excitement. And I have to say that that was one of the most exciting uh, attractions to go to during 1980s Epcot because of that um, that movement uh, outside. I do remember, and of course, back then, the queue did move out into the open air, and you'd be waiting in line seeing those cars go up, and the excitement would just build more than any other future world attraction, in my opinion. And that touch was just wonderful. Besides getting excited for transportation and motion, it's just knowing that you are going to be on the ride hopefully soon. The third one, I just wanted to thank you for doing these Epcot retrospectives. Um, it kind of upsets me a little bit of the way uh, these great Epcot um, attractions like World of Motion, Horizons, um, Journey to Imagination, the Seabase Alpha, and all those or originals, how they've come and gone. And uh, Future World is definitely a different uh, place than what it used to be. I think the wonder and excitement and edutainment is just not quite there like it used to be. And there's a reason why you have a Epcot retrospective and not so much a Magic Kingdom or uh, MGM Hollywood Studios retrospective or any other retrospective. It's really those that original future world that from you know the 80s and early 90s that really gives us that little something that we just can't get anymore. And I'm glad that you do that and looking forward to the next one. Keep up the Epcot retrospectives, keep up the wonderful work, and thanks for everything. Take care, Lou. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Jeremy up at Fort Knox. Hey, just call and see if you know when the TTA is going to reopen in Tomorrowland. Uh, we're heading down in October, uh, weekend of Columbus weekend, Epcot Food and Wine. Hope to see you there. Have a great, magical day. Hey, Lou, this is uh, John Bill, and I currently am starting off in college. So I'm in college right now, and, you know, I was kind of a bit concerned because I was like, where am I going to get time to listen to the radio show every week? And then, you know what? I found it. You are my companion as I do my laundry. We it, The laundry here takes about an hour and a half to do, so as I sit and guard my laundry on top of the laundry or the washer and dryer, I just... You, I plug in and read, catch up on the Disney blogs and stuff. So, just be happy because now you know that uh, every every week you are my companion as I uh, uh, wash my clothes. My just uninterrupted Disney time. Just grab my computer and sit on top of the wash and dryer. Check up on you know the Main Street Gazette also. So, yeah, just FYI, you're my you're my uh, laundry companion now. So I'm glad that I found some awesome uninterrupted time for that I can still listen to my Disney podcast. All right. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Darlene from West Seneca, New York. Susie Wu on the board. I just wanted to say I am completed with the last two episodes of your show. Um, I've been a little behind. My boss has broken her ankle, and I have not had time to listen. But I loved the Q um, podcast. It was phenomenal. Um, everything that you guys said about it was absolutely perfect. I'm sorry that um, Tim's a little afraid to go on some of the rides. It's you know, it's normal though because uh, my daughter and I we chickened out of Rock and Roll Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, and I think there was one other one years ago. And we finally 
all did everything together this year, and we almost missed Toy Story Mania, but you were the one who told us to go on it right away after we met you at the um, June meet, and then we came back and reported to you. And it was absolutely every single cue that Disney does, they just have the right way of doing everything. Um, thank you so much for all you do again, and um, I hope you have a magical day. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Kevin in Denver, where there's absolutely nothing Disney to do except for the Disney store and your radio show. Uh, so it's kind of boring over here by the Rockies. Anyway, I uh, wanted to uh, say a quick shout-out to the caller who uh, mentioned Dollywood the other week on the radio show. I thought that was crazy. Um, I just about laughed on that one. I was not expecting to hear that. Uh <laughs> I know what that is. Actually, Hershen Family Entertainment has another park in Branson, Missouri, called Silver Dollar City, which is like a huge frontier land. It's actually an awesome park, about the size of Disneyland. Uh, really cool park, but I was not expecting that, but that was pretty cool to hear. Um, wanted to point out, I'm sure you're aware of it, but maybe your uh, listeners aren't, that Google Earth has a feature uh, where you can go in and walk around Disney World virtually. And it's got so much detail. You can actually see the signs on the windows and, you know, even go into some of the attractions and stuff. It's really cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the best things to do is actually listening to your, your audio guides and to, uh, to listen to those and go on the Google Earth virtually at the same time. It's really cool. They have all the Florida parks there uh, represented virtually, which is really cool. Anyway, just thought I'd point that out. Thanks for the show, and talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is Jesse DeSeglia calling from on top of Chickapin Hill on Splash Mountain. Oh, you want to take a ride with me. Here we go. <laughs> Having a zippy doo-dah day here. Enjoy the show. I got to go get another fast there. Hi, Lou. This is Carolyn and Dave. Say hi, Dave. Hi, Lou. Uh, in Maine, and we are, we love the show, and we are planning a trip to um, Disney for December 2010. It is never too early to start your planning, um, and we're going with a big group of family. We're really excited. Um, just uh, took advantage of the four-day, three-night special, um, just the two of us, Puppy and I, um, back in um, late April, and it was a fantastic week. We had a great time. We just wanted to say we love the show, and we would love um, to hear more about pin trading because we are very new to the pin trading thing, and um, we are always a little nervous that there's some rule that we don't know uh, that we're, you know, we might be breaking. So we'd love to hear more about pin trading, even the history. We love to geek out on the history stuff. Um, and we're also very interested in CBC. We listened to tonight's, uh, this week's podcast, and uh, that was a great intro um, to uh, CBC, uh, you know, uh, the retail market. So uh, looking forward to hearing, uh, you know, your next show, and we're going to help you, have you help us plan our trip uh, between now and a year and a half from now. So thanks so much. Keep up the good work, and uh, we're looking forward to the next show. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, this is Ron Thompson. I'm Hedgehog22 on the forums. And I was just listening to show 132 kind of a week behind when you're talking about Disney World queues. And I'd like to submit a queue that uh, is actually at Disneyland Park, but I think is absolutely the best Disney queue of all, and that's for the Indiana Jones uh, 
Temple of Forbidden Eye. The uh, queue there is incredible from the cave with the, the bamboo and the, the crushing roof and the, the spikes and the, uh, the chest uh, the, with the rope that says, please do not pull, but of course everybody pulls on it. And uh, it just, I think that one, the whole area is fascinating. And so I would submit that as, as the absolute best Disney queue of all time. Thanks. Bye. Lou, hey, this is Amy from Baltimore. We're standing in line waiting for the rock and roller coaster. We just got in the queue. And we just got inside, and uh, my daughter found a hidden Mickey on the floor under the mat. She moved the mat, and there was a little hidden Mickey. We're enjoying everything. We enjoyed your last podcast and all the cues, so it's made our trip here very enjoyable, checking things out. And we've also taken your advice. We're staying at the beach club. Love the pool. Love the hotel. Great place to stay. Thanks for the great show. Love it. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.